Good evening. And if you're just tuning in, you are listening to the Angel Rock. I am your host, Laura Lee Potvin. A little bit about myself. I'm a Canadian clairvoyant medium. I'm a Crystal Reiki energy healer, Akashic Records practitioner, spiritual teacher and mentor, and I'm also a registered nurse. And if you've never been to the Angel Rock before, welcome, as well as our returning guests. On my show, I say I cover all aspects of the supernatural and esoteric, as well as I have my guests that I have on come from all walks of life, whether professionally or extracurricularly, they're making a positive change for humanity. Now, before I introduce our wonderful guest, I want to remind you, if you are listening and you want to watch the show, please come over to United Public Radio Network's YouTube channel. I forgot our, we have a different name now. Sorry. I'm a little frazzled. I'll explain a few minutes, minutes why. Sorry, it's under the UFO Paranormal Radio Network or UFO Gods and Extraterrestrials. Now, if you're leaving comments on my Facebook profile, I can't see them. Every week we have these fantastic comments and I don't get to see them. So let me introduce my guest when I can find some clean glasses here and i want to thank her because she's coming to us from over in the uk now her name is jenny light she's a teacher of meditation and yoga on insight timer a spiritual healer an author inspirational speaker and an artist uh, she had a kundalini, kundalini awakening as a small child and has had a passion for yoga from the age of nine she taught herself to meditate at 14 and has been teaching yoga for 20 years now i won't read her bio a whole bio it's amazing it's incredible we're going to talk about that welcome jenny how are you hi i'm so pleased to be here I'm pleased to have you. And poor Jenny, we have, as often happens, I want to give a huge shout out to Gavin Lee Davies, who sends me incredible authors like Jenny. And I never get to meet these wonderful people face to face, if you will, on camera until we come on the show. And tonight, boy, was I cutting it close, you guys. And I'm sorry I'm a few minutes late. As you know, <laughs> hey, Dave, welcome. Dave Petrella and the chat there. He's been on our show before. He's an astrologist, a biologist, um, really interesting guy and a great supporter of the show. Um, anyways, uh, last week we had a scheduling snafu, uh, part, mostly my fault. Well, it was my fault. <laughs> I shouldn't say mostly it was. And so I decided to go live anyways. And we talked about many things. I did some readings online. And then I pulled out my resin that I'm doing every spare minute because I'm going to be launching a resin store with a spirituality line and everything else under the sun line. And of course, what did I do? Five o'clock, I mixed up this huge pile of resin. I thought, oh, I got lots of time. Yeah, and then I looked up as I'm getting rid of the bubbles, it's like five to six. <laughs> so I was running like crazy. So thank you, Jenny. Thank you. Because you've never been on StreamYard before, right? No, I haven't. No. So uh, yeah, so I'm a, I'm a newbie. Well, you did it great because believe me, she just popped on and she was waiting for me. We've got Art Greenfield. Uh, I'm not sure. We'll see what other comments they leave there, What whether we've got somebody that's spamming us or what they're doing. They're leaving links here. We'll see. I don't know yet, Art. Don't mean to be uh, disrespectful. We'll see what else you post there. Um, so, Jenny, what did I miss from your bio? Tell us all a little bit more about yourself. I love your accent, and I have an accent well, to you as well, you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I um, Where do I start? I don't know. I just start um, 
now? Do I work backward or do I start my childhood and work forward? Well, you were talking, a lot of people don't know what a Kundalini awakening is. Now I do, but for our listeners, what is the Kundalini awakening and how did you know that you had one? Well, I didn't as a child. I was five or six and wow, I, I, didn't, that's early. I, didn't, I didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. I used to have these uh, very strong, powerful sensations that ran up my spine. It was like mm-hmm. a, a, it was like hot, hot lead. It was oh. really, really powerful going up the spine. And then I would lose control of movement of my body. And then I just was in this expanded space where I was at the same one in the same time as vast as the room and as small as a seat. I felt the tininess of myself, mm-hmm. um, but I had no words to describe it. It would, it would, it would go as you know. I don't know how long, whether it was like that for hours or minutes. I don't know. And then it would, I could feel the heat going back down the spine again. Mm-hmm. Um, it was only when I was an adult and I went to do my yoga teacher training that I was like, oh, right, that's what happened to me as a child. Mm-hmm. And the same thing happened when I did my yoga teacher training. <laughs> so what does Kundalini awakening for, mean for people that may not understand what that means? Ah, well, it's an expanded state of awareness. Mm-hmm. The the kunda the kundalini is it's an energy that wraps itself, you know, as a potential is uh, dormant at the base of the spine, three and a half times wrapped around the base of the spine. Mm-hmm. But it at certain um, stages of spiritual development, that that power, that energy will come up the spine. And over the crown of the head onto the third eye, the Ajna chakra. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, I can only describe what it feels like, not what what the theory is, but um, it was unbidden, shall I say? Nothing stimulated it. You know, mm-hmm. I've read that sometimes people say that you can have like an injury, or uh, you know, something happens to you that can bring this power up well I'm, I'm in the camp that disagrees with that mm-hmm. i think it's it's somehow a stage in spiritual development yes and that i must be carrying on from where i was in previous lives i have to agree with you and everybody i've talked to about kundalini awakening whether on air or off air i think we've all got a different idea now the way i look at it is the one thing I I really always say is what we perceive becomes what we become to believe and it becomes a reality. So I have actually been working on that and with people and people have had amazing results. So basically the way I look at a Kundalini awakening, you mentioned some people say chakras, I say chakras, both ways are right. But we have these, if you will, invisible energy centers in the center of our body and many other places on our body. And it's almost like they're connecting, if you will, being able to run energy through the top and above, like the crown, and then we can get their star. I mean, mean, uh, so you know what I mean. (laughs) Sorry, I wasn't looking at my uh, extra chakras for the show tonight. But I always say, as human beings, I believe we're meant to run energy. So connecting to source or whatever your belief is, higher power, and then grounding is so important, especially for human beings. And connecting, I call it Gaia, 
some people, I tell them, if you want to imagine a rock in the center of the earth or what. Now, the Kundalini, it's almost like they all connect and you can almost get that energy running up and forth quite effortlessly. But a lot of people uh, describe it differently. Like you said, it felt like hot lava for you. The, it, it, yeah, it was like hot lava. Um, it was it, it, or hot lead. It oh, sorry, like, lead, you like said, molten, sorry. Mm-hmm. It was like molten... Uh, metal mm-hmm. but um, from what I've come to perceive now this is not what I've read but just what I've perceived what I've come to perceive is that the process becomes less um, uh, dramatic yeah. mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. becomes less uh, visceral over time mm-hmm. because um, I think, as you were saying, it's joining the dots between the, the main characters yeah. on the spine. It's pushing through. But if it meets blockages, I think that's where you feel the, you know, it'll only go so far. If it meets a blockage, it won't go any further. Mm-hmm. But um, if you've still got uh, residual uh, karma or stuff that's blocking in that chakra, then what it's going to do is... Uh, it's going to some sometimes it will come through and you, and it'll feel uh, rough. It feels difficult. But Kate, what came with it? And I've had lots of people that email me because of their own uh, awakenings that are they've had a rough time. Mm-hmm. What came with it was an extreme sensitivity to others' energy coming close mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, feelings of not being able to eat or drink because I was in too an elevated state. I couldn't tolerate or didn't want food. And if I did, I vomited. Mm-hmm. This was for short periods. Not as a child, funnily enough, but as an adult. Um yeah, and it was, and the room was spinning round, and it was, it was very difficult at the time. Yeah, Dave added, uh, it's from his perspective, it's called the quicksilver mercury of the body, the spinal cord fluid, and then he added, yes, if the channels of the body are clean, Kundalini will feel smooth. And when yes. you were speaking, I'm quite clairaudience, so I hear spirit quite a bit, and. Uh, one of my guides, I don't know if they were trying to be facetious, but they, they said it's basically when all your stars are aligned. <laughs> so everything's open and clear. And it's very interesting. I, I think you're the first person I've met that it's happened as a child. But it would make sense, right? Because we're so innocent where we are in development, energy, and what have you, right? Well, I don't I don't think it's um, the innocence. I, th- I think, well... I think it's because uh, this is what I work, where I'd had reached in some previous life. I do have memory of um, sitting meditating over a valley, and um, and it's jungle, and I and I, I kind of intuitively knew it was India. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've only been to India as an adult, you know, but as a child, right. I kind of knew these things. Um, Anyway, it's kind of it's quite it's strange to describe what what happens when mm-hmm. you're a child. Mm-hmm. You didn't have the vocabulary to describe it then. Def definitely, I I work with from time to time parents of children that um, because I have quite an extensive background in the paranormal, not by choice but it was kind of my reasoning for awakening, if you will. I always had the gifts there, but we lived in an extremely haunted paranormal 
house and uh, we left about two years before that but just crazy stuff but anyways my whole point is working with children that can see spirit and I believe most children can especially young children yes. and animals that um, they don't have the words to express right anything even emotions like when there's a ro overwhelming emotions or, or what have you and that just comes with time age and experience right yes i i mean it was really it was really funny my uh, my granddaughter i've got several mm -hmm. grandchildren but when uh, the middle granddaughter was three it was the funniest thing uh, i was reading her a story and just nothing relating to the story she said um she just said out of the blue blue we don't have wings anymore oh wow and i said Oh, I said, did you used to have wings? Yes. I said, what did they look like? She said they were they were pink. Oh, wow. And I said, what, what colour were my wings? And she said, white with purple bits. But it's wow. just the sweetest. Oh, it, 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 she also did this. She we don't have wings anymore. We've only got these. And she kind of looked at her wee fat, chubby arms. And she said, just these. Did she tell you what she was referring to? Is she referring to like the fairy realm or angels or? No, she just... she didn't have a huge vocabulary. You gotcha. Know. Mm -hmm. oh, into the minds of children, I'm telling you. <laughs> they, they come out with, I mean, the age of three or four, um, they're still remembering some things, but beyond oh, yeah. that, beyond that, no. That was, mm -hmm. that was funny. Yeah, I, I totally, you know, believe that, um, you know, there is no end to our existence. I agree. And that this life is only a blip. It's only a very short millisecond it's, in yes, eternity. Yes, a millisecond in the mm -hmm. millennia of mm -hmm. our existence. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm using, <laughs> I'm using time terms to talk about. And there is none time. on the other yes, side. Yes. <laughs> When you live in a, a world of duality with a, a finality mm -hmm. of the body, you know, you have to come to terms with, you use terms that that can be, you know, relative, you know, it's the best you can do. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, then to wrap your head around some of the deeper spiritual concepts that you have enough evidential proof to know that there is truth to it, especially when we connect with the other side, I believe. Or, yes. or even through our own personal experiences, you know, and then thrown in with religious dogma, like I was raised Catholic and sent to Catholic school and what have you. I no longer identify with religion, I'm highly spiritual. My, for me, I say my belief is God. I, whatever other, and I accept whoever or whatever people's beliefs are. I always say it's not my job to judge, but it's like unwinding it, right? Because for me in the beginning of all this, for example, uh, hell, right? Hell and retribution and justice and all these things that we believe in as human beings. But as you study and through meditation, I find spirit will hold classes through meditation. That's where I want to go with this. And you start to unwrap it and it really gives you pause for thought, doesn't it? And then to try and explain these things to people that maybe haven't quite thought of that yet they still believe that there's a hell and you know people are going to pay and 
not realizing with the millisecond that we're spending here in eternity what it really is, right? Well, yes. I mean, this world is heaven or hell. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it has lots of vibratory rates of being yeah. spiritual development and for some people this world is hell mm -hmm. yeah. in fact the challenging that we have in in every second we have you know we have the, the left side of us which is the ego side that mm -hmm. is throwing in um, negative comments it's throwing in a spanner in the works mm -hmm. and everything that you try to achieve there's there's resistance and um on the right hand side you've got your uh you've, you've got your heavenly connection you yeah. connect with god or the divine whichever you'd like to term and you're in every 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 second of every day you're being uh challenged to identify with the light or the dark mm -hmm. so in a way it's such hard work that for many people it really is hell mm -hmm. no i ha i have to agree with you and the way i forget i forget it was a podcast i was listening to it made a lot of sense to me and you kind of see it in life too you know but then you get into the whole conversation about we choose this life we choose our parents we choose our experiences our lessons we want to learn and what have you and, you know, I know I could be wrong. It's just my theory, but I believe that. And I, like I said, I really identified with this podcast and they were talking about life being in a canoe. And you, as you try to paddle upstream, you know, when you're fighting what you were really, you'd really come here to do and to understand the concept of oneness and unconditional love, what have you, right? And it just gets harder and harder or life becomes hell. But even if you give pause, you stop and you breathe, eventually that current's going to start turning your boat downstream. And it seems the more, and I don't know if it always happens because I know we have challenges built into our lives as well. But as we start to paddle downstream, the journey becomes easier because we start heading towards some of those lessons we've learned. Is, is those some of the concepts you've ever talked about or written about? Yes, but interestingly, um, the river analogy of the river of life uh, is uh, the easy route, right? Mm -hmm. It's actually top, top for tail what you've just described mm -hmm. um, as, as far as the, the, the kind of yoga philosophies that I've read about, mm -hmm. whereas the easy route is to follow the current downstream. Yes. We're moving further away from source. Yes. Source, as in God, is at the head of the river. So you have to fight against the current. Mm -hmm. And that means you're you're actually fighting your own um, ego nature. You know mm -hmm. you're overcoming, 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 and there's this yearning and striving to get back to that source, that oneness. Mm -hmm. So there is a constant svadharma, uh, uh, which is this uh, striving to get back to source to to live the best that you can in any moment to live from your soul self mm -hmm. and not from the ego self. That makes complete and utter sense to me. Absolutely. Now you've written a, a new book. It's Awakening the Lotus of Peace, Yoga Meditation for Inner Peace. So what is that? What, why did you pick that title? What are you, what are you trying to say with this book? 
Well, inner peace is our true state of being. Mm -hmm. right? It's not something to be, um, you know, attained. It's only something to be realised, if mm -hmm. you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. uh, that that peaceful state of being, the soul state of peace is who we really are. And that mm -hmm. resides in the heart. So we're awakening the lotus. And also lotus is has all this symbolism of the, 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 the highest kind of flower of being. Usually the lotus is talked about as the, the crown chakra. Yes, yeah. Um, usually, but in this one, I'm talking about the, the heart lotus opening and allowing all this peace to come out. Mm -hmm. What if we had no resistance, no um, feelings of enmity or fear or um, aggression towards anyone and that means also making judgments on other mm -hmm. people what if we had none of those things and we were pure and clear in the heart and all that emanated was a peace now that is the peace that gandhi had suggested to be the change that the world needs to be that peace so in this book i'm teaching how to use yoga breath to use meditation techniques a bit of personal growth stuff, so um, spiritual exercises to get to know, to get to grips with th that very um, pernicious ego self that's holding on, and and these uh, channeled meditations on peace to try and experience different, different uh, states of peace. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So uh, I guess I'm going to ask you with no judgment. Are, but are you are you suggesting then that we banish the ego? The reason I ask that is just very quickly is with one of my mentors and it made a lot of sense coming from the old big pharma background being a nurse that the ego has a purpose to me. So she suggested we make friends with the ego because it's a part of who we are the whole but I'd love to hear your thoughts. Well, I don't think it should be fought in the way that it should be because that which you resist persists. Yes. yes. Right. So if you're fighting it, then it persists. Mm -hmm. No, it's it's merely to see the ego for what it is. Yes. Right. If it's coming if there's a negative thought comes in, that's the ego. If there's a negative feeling comes in, that's the ego. Right? Mm -hmm. It's not you. And Sorry. Yeah, it's okay. I was, I was reading Dave's comment. I was too, and I thought, well, you were going to say something. So go, I'll read it in just a sec. I wanted to finish hearing what you were saying. And then. So the the ego has to be overcome, but not through fighting, but through realizing what the ego is and choosing the softer, gentler way of the, of the soul. I think we're talking the same language because when they said make friends with your ego, for example, when I do an Akashic Records practitioner, practitioner session with somebody, we invite the ego to be a quiet participant observing from the side. So we invite it to feel like it's included. But again, I think we're talking the same language, but just using a little bit different analogies because you're right recognizing what the ego is and what it's there for and why it's there like it's the same thing with an appendix right we can get appendicitis the you know you'll hear from a surgeon it's a piece of the body we don't need 
well, so far medicine has determined that it's a piece of the body we don't need, but it's got to be there for a reason. We just haven't, whether it's something from, from the past, maybe that we no longer actively use or whatever, it's still part well, it's of like, who we are as a human being, right? Yes, I think as far as I know from my high school anatomy, <laughs> it, uh, it digests chlorophyll, which is, you know, plant matter. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, as maybe as vegans, we need it more. Maybe. Now, I have never heard that with science or anything that it digests chlorophyll. I've never heard that. We're talking about remembering 40 40 odd years ago. I hear you. I hear you. (laughs) No, but you know what? That would kind of make sense. But you know, when it gets inflamed or what have you, they take, I know we're oh, got another. Sorry, Art, that's a pretty long uh, link. I don't think we can read it unfortunately but i guess i don't know what you were trying to search there but i appreciate you um including the link i don't know if maybe you could find a shorter one because <laughs> i'd love to see what you posted um i hear you i'm gonna look that up jenny because just because i haven't heard of it doesn't mean it doesn't exist like that would make a lot of sense it really really would well i'm not a scientist but i'm just mm-hmm. remembering from high school mm-hmm. um, but uh, uh, we'll come back to Dave's comment. I, I was, you're reading my mind. So do you want to read it or do you want me to read it? Dave says, yes, very good. The thousand petaled lotus flower is the crown chakra. All of the chakras are referred to as having petals too. The number of petals refers to the number of energy outputs. Yes, yeah, so that they appear to be petals, mm-hmm. the way that they flow out uh, and the heart itself, though, it moves from just being the heart chakra mm-hmm. with its 12 points of light, the, the Anahata chakra. It, it transforms into, in a stage of spiritual development, it transforms into this vast um, plexus of light. It, it's it's no longer just the 12 points of light. It is this uh, vast uh, energy that comes out. It's The heart is actually the centre of all of the seven main chakras. Right in the centre is the heart. Mm-hmm. And um, there are stages of the spiritual development that r- relate to that heart becoming mm-hmm. purer and purer, starting from the dark heart and moving through to that uh, pure heart, which is felt as just a pure energy. Uh, the, the ego has vanished at that mm-hmm. point. Now we'll come back to the ego topic, if you don't mind. Not at all. I'm just going to acknowledge Art here for a second. Thanks, yes. Art. Now I know what you were trying to post. I appreciate that. You said it's a list of 21 psychic abilities. And Mitzi Balivo says, thanks for sharing. So thank you for joining us, everybody. Really appreciate it. Go ahead. What were you going to say, Jenny? I apologize. I like to involve our people in the audience so they feel like they're part of the show. Mm -hmm. So what were you going to say? The ego. Um, You said you wanted to come back to it. So, well, what I'll ask you then, because you'll get people that will say uh, that this isn't possible. And I'd love to hear your thoughts because I think it is anyways, is do you think inner peace is achievable? And I'm going to add to that sustainable for, you know, throughout the lifetime without, if you will, 
the egotistical parts of things that we pull into life with everyday life. Well, I'm going to I'm going to challenge the word achieve mm -hmm. because that's it's that suggests it's something that needs to be uh, won or exactly. um, attained in some way. But in actual fact, it's just dropping into that piece. It's realizing that it's always there, but we can't perceive that piece when we are so um, beset by all of the ego, busy busy body, busy mind busy emotions everything's like a storm inside mm -hmm. you know, even though you might be calm on the outside if the inside is not calm then you can't perceive that peace so that state of of peace is actually always there it was the peace troubadour uh, james twyman that said peace is always present but sometimes hidden so yeah, because I think I, not I think, I know, I agree with you that I think that's our natural, our natural way of being. But for somebody, besides we want them to buy your incredible book, but what else <laughs> could, no, we do, because I think it's a, a manual. Um, you know, what other things can people do to get back to that natural state? Thank you. I used it on the banner. I forgot to tell you, but I always oh. use people's books on the show banner so that if people are in a bookstore and they may not have seen the title but they'll see the picture and they'll hit the subconscious right where did i see that book it's a <laughs> so, beautiful cover isn't it it's gorgeous the colors again really embodying inner peace yes. i believe and yes. green being a healing color as well you know I, yeah, believe I worked with two amazing artists for this book one of them did the cover design Mm -hmm. And she interlaced. This is Suze McCallum. I'll give her a wee plug. Um, she interlaced the other artist's piece mandala. Okay. Through it as well. Um, and the other one did hand through piece mandalas the whole way through. If I can just show. You. <gasps> oh, beautiful. So every page, chapter has got another piece mandala so they're just utterly beautiful they so are anyway that that's my daughter that did that ah <laughs> well i'm glad you should give her a plug on that just beautiful artwork as yes. i mentioned being creative if i'm not doing spiritual stuff or very social so i love to talk to different people from around the world even not just with the show but off the air if i'm not doing that i'm doing something creative always because with meditation for me i have a, a bad back and i it would be very difficult for me to sit for an hour or two so that's why if you see me moving around on camera it's not it's because i need to <laughs> to reshift my balance here with my back but uh, so when I do meditation, uh, sometimes if I have a busy day, I'll break it up throughout the day. Uh, little bits here, little bits there. Because once you practice, I find it's easier to get into a meditative state and faster. Yes. So I find with creation for myself, when it's quiet in the middle of the night and there's nobody bothering me and you just clear your mind and it just seems so natural. So what you started meditating really young, like at 14. And I was seeing from such, Gavin's such a sweetheart, he sends such great notes. He said you had some spiritual experiences that you mentioned in your book too. 
So how do those all intertwine? Because you don't hear too many 14-year-olds that are, are practicing meditation, that's for sure. Uh, well, I mean, as I say, I kind of started with this expanded states of being that were there when I was five and six. Right. I don't remember them when we moved house when I was seven. So it was when I was younger. Mm -hmm. uh, my, my father and my mother were into exploring buddhism and oh, okay. you know uh, mystic christianity um, hinduism they were in their own spiritual search and um i went i chose to go vegetarian when i was six wow and the whole family were we were given choices you know but i already had made my choice um mm -hmm. because i didn't want to eat anything that had had to be killed for me to eat it you know and mm -hmm. I, I don't think plants are quite the same you know you have to eat something anyway mm -hmm. you do <laughs> well, you don't mm -hmm. have to I'll come back to that but um when I was uh, nine my mum started going to a yoga class oh, okay she'd come back she would practice the yoga in the, in the living room and uh, I love to join in. I got I, I got a yoga book for children for my ninth birthday. I love I it. Back, I, I went on to I had a Richard Hittleman work plan. It was a month work plan. I don't, I don't know if you've heard it. Written sixties, well seventies, eighties. He's an American. What was his name? It cut out for a minute. Sorry. Richard Hittleman. Anyway, whatever. Yeah, I had a workbook, and I used to work through this this book of yoga exercises, and that was me. I had my own daily practice. Well, definitely from the age of fourteen, perhaps earlier than that. I'm not sure. And uh, it was just seemed natural that meditation had to come too, because that was the whole thing. It's he taught that you do this series of asana exercises, you know, and you're opening the lungs and you're um, expanding mm -hmm. your uh, your lung capacity. And then you're moving into meditation. He, he made it a journey. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought, well, meditation has to be it. But interestingly enough, his book wasn't very good. He had a book of yoga meditation. Mm -hmm. It's indecipherable to me. I couldn't work it out. Right. Um, it didn't seem to be very well laid out or something, but I started using a book by Barry Long, who's an Australian um, meditation teacher. Um, and his book was very simple, it was in a nutshell, was hardly any pages in it. It was just do this, yeah. do this, do this. And that made sense. See, that's what I find with people, myself in the beginning with meditation. I had a teacher that was quite funny. She had a call-in show. This is years ago. And it was just so hilarious because she was live and she's turning red in the face. And she kept saying, because I kept saying, no, I, I'm so busy. You know, it's really hard to find time to meditate. And then, like I said, her face started to turn red and she's saying, I'm not saying that. No no and you can't hear any other voice you can't hear anything and she's just getting more and more embarrassed and then she finally says okay she said uh one of your guides 
and my guides has said, I need to say this to you. And they assure me that you will have a good sense of humor about this. She said, do you head to the restroom? Well, I said, well, everybody does at least once or twice a day or numerous times are in the restroom. And she said, well, we all have five minutes at least to ourselves. And that's a good place to start. But she was so embarrassed and I'm, I'm kind of filtering what she said, but uh, <laughs> it was pretty funny. But, you know, like I said, to hear of, of a 14 year old and with the problem is, I think I find with people, that's where I was going with this, is people say, I can't do meditation. I can't quiet my mind. I can't this, I can't that. And that is the big one I find with people saying they cannot quiet their mind. So does your book start sort of with a beginner aspect or give suggestions on how to get that get to that natural state yeah, of inner peace? I would say the book is um it kind of it 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 broaches all abilities but it does have in the introduction it has the kind of medita meditation in a nutshell. <laughs> and basically what I would say would be um if you Everybody can meditate, even if you're you're looking. You, people are, are looking for thinking that they have to sit for ten minutes or fifteen minutes yeah. or an hour or something, and that they've got the mind has got to be calm the whole time. No, meditation is a process. You know that even what they're looking for, and I tell my students that you're looking for one second of clarity. Mm -hmm. You know, and then you, you then you. The, the, the ego will intrude again so you're trying to pull it pull yourself back into focus and look for another second of clarity but there are techniques in in how that you quiet in the body the body comes first so you're quietening the body by uh, doing any sort of exercise at all to try and get the static out of the body okay do some deep breathing um, i'm not um you know, given specific things here, because not everybody does yoga, but most people go for a walk, you know, something that would cl clear the body of the static. You know, if you're going for a walk, then barefoot is a good one. Yes. But if not, if you're not barefoot with shoes and visualize that the static is uh, going down through the soles of the feet and into the ground, mm -hmm. it's being absorbed by the ground. And if you're barefoot, you are visualizing the same thing but you're also receiving the negative ions from the earth which mm -hmm. is extremely calming and healing for the body and for the mind so you're whatever you do whether it's a few yoga exercises whether you're going for a walk whatever it is that you do or just a few stretches lifting the arms above the head and breathing mm -hmm. in get the body first of all released of some of its static and then you're focusing in on the breathing you're allowing the body to come into a seated posture whatever that might be whether you're in a chair or sitting cross-legged on the floor there's no ego trip here it's what can be uh, comfortable so you don't need to fidget for uh, 10 or 15 minutes whatever you've got and you're using the breath now, there's several breath techniques that you could use, but a simple one would be where you observe the length of the inhale and you make the exhale longer. Okay. So there's, there's you know, no um, great uh, 
wealth of knowledge needs to be done to do that. If you change the ratio of the breath, i.e. you make the exhale longer, then you very quickly start to change the brain waves. We bring the brain waves from beta, which is the normal mm -hmm. state of waking consciousness, into alpha, which is um, the sleeping consciousness as we slide into sleep. Mm -hmm. Alpha is also where we um, we move into REM. You have got this, um, you know, the rapid eye movement mm -hmm. state during dreaming. But for meditation, we're wanting to pass through alpha without becoming so drowsy that we we lose that alert and awakeness. And we're moving into the deeper states of meditation. So the brain waves become longer and slower if we focus on the exhale becoming longer. And then we can do some uh, focus of the mind. So mm -hmm. the mind is going to be not blank, but focusing on something. So you could be focusing on um, visualizing a beautiful flower. Mm -hmm. You could be focusing on perceiving a light on the brow. You could be focusing on if you're using a mudra, you know, like the Jhana mudra, you're touching forefinger and thumb, palms facing up as if to be receptive. And you could focus on the sensation between forefinger and thumb, but there's a focus of some kind and you're a, but the technique gets you into that calmer mind, calm, uh, stable, upright body. Mm -hmm. So Je Dave says, I agree, Jenny, we have to get the energy to move in the body. This really allows for a higher spiritual awareness. The heart, mind and body all have to be working together. Absolutely. I agree. So um, now I have a good friend. I don't know if you might know him or not Augie Nost he's from uh he's originally from Norway he lives in the United States and he has a, a show called Broadcast Team Alpha with uh Nori Love and he's been on my show quite a few times and he's a great proponent and I, I really do believe in many things he teaches but the mastermind when two or more minds are focused on the same thing you can increase the energy if you will to help bring it to fruition or manifestation and people because he's been meditating for years and i believe during one of his meditations he believes he had a universal download like all of the knowledge of the universe <laughs> in, in seconds and I was trying to get him to explain it but my point I mentioned this is he had said he suggested that for meditation now you've got a different method and I love that you've shared what you have here because I think it's important for people that maybe you know they're not able for whatever reason whether it's their own belief system or what that that wouldn't work or or what have you but he and please i don't say that with any disrespect but the reason no, he suggested this was and you made me think of it when you mentioned mentioned focusing about a light on the brow he suggests when you close your eyes to focus on the inner eyelids but you're do you remember those pictures back in the late 80s? I think it was early 90s where they just looked like a bunch of static lines. But if you could unfocus your eyes, the picture would reveal. Yes. That's what he gets you to do with your eyes, but bring them almost midline while your eyes are closed. You're not quite cross-eyed, but you're aligning, he says, midline in the brain. 
And he's, he explains it much better than I do. <laughs> and some people actually really found it helpful. One thing I am going to ask you, since you're a big proponent of it, have you heard of uh, brain yoga? Brain yoga? Yeah. No. Okay, I'm going to send you this because I never heard of it either. And the magic eye, Dave said. Um, it, he was the one that introduced me to this. I have a son with severe autism. And what they do is they've been using this, I guess. It takes about 30 seconds to a minute in the morning. And it's just a certain, I don't know why they call it yoga, because it isn't really yoga movements, but it's a certain way you move your hands and your arms and what oh, have yes, you. I do. I do okay, so you it. do know it. Do okay, know I it. thought you would. Um, well, what's it called? It's a kind of kinest, kinest, um, kinest, um, oh, geez. Um, It'll come to you. <laughs> He told me about it to try. You know, I haven't been able to talk my Brain gym. That's what it's called. Is it brain gym? That's okay. what it's called in Scotland. Okay. Yeah, it's the series. Um, and it's to, to, to do with the idea of um, it's taught in schools. Not you know, here. It's, well, it's, it's, <laughs> it's they do it in it schools be. to try and get them to um, cross the midline of the body. Yes. So, mm -hmm. Some kids, you know, if they've got kind of visual disorders and mm -hmm. things like that, they'll take a pencil and if they're taking it to, you know, from the right hand, if they're going to use it on this side of the body, they, they move they move it into the other hand. You know, there's a kind of uh, blindness mm -hmm. somewhere. Anyway, they get them to um, draw a dot on a bit of paper and then they have to do the same movements with the two hands. Mm -hmm. so doing like a figure of eight with the two hands. Yeah, it's that's I think what it was. Yeah, because and then they get them to do the dot and and cross the midline. So yes. you're using your dominant hand, mm -hmm. and you're coming through the dot on the paper, and coming back through left to right, right to left, mm -hmm. and then they try it with your no, non-dominant hand, mm -hmm. and you're doing the same movement. Yeah, so it's supposed to bring side. yeah bring the brain halves together in the midline. Yes. And they, I think the research he had sent me, he did a video on it. I'll try to remember to send it to you after quickly. But it, um, like for stroke victims and, um, you know, children like my own son with autism or and what have you. Children with um, dyslexia as well. Oh, definitely. Yeah, dyslexia. I used to be a teacher, you see, in education. Ah. And I used this. Okay. That was my, that was my career. Okay. In my third dimensional world, three <laughs> D world, <laughs> your dog, muggle job. <laughs> you know how you've got you've got the letter. I'm just trying to see if this goes the right way. I know you got to think backwards, right? right? I've got to think backwards. Okay, so it's E, mm -hmm. and then you've got um, if you want to do a P, you're mm -hmm. up and down, and then if you want to do a D, it's round up mm -hmm. down, yeah and the other one was q so it's the same round up down, down. okay so you're doing, you're doing the same movements mm -hmm. um, but that's great for kids with dyslexia because you're, you've got the same starting point and you you can use that in the, that same exercise which is to go round crossing the midline like the dot where mm -hmm. you've got paper and then you can start to go up 
down round on the figure of eight, up down round in the figure of eight. I yeah, because that's what he was talking about this series of thirty seconds to minute exercise yes. every morning to do it. Mm -hmm. It really so, works. It makes amazing differences. Mm -hmm. There were other exercises that were like, um, I'm just uncovering my ears. Uh, it's kinesiology. That's the word I was trying to say. Okay. <laughs> um, it's un, it's like pulling on the lobes of the of the ears, uncurling the ears and tugging. Yeah. Right. So you're doing this um, about three or four times. So you get the kids to do this just before maths. Oh. Do you think it's acupressure too? That it yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> until, until the ear itself starts to become, the inner ear becomes warm. Oh, okay. And then that's the brain that's switched on for maths. It's amazing difference. The kids are just so, you know, alert. After wow. And how long did that take? Less than Nothing. Nothing at all. And I think it's so important. And, you know, like even with my son and with no district, he's 24. He was just in here at the beginning of the show. If you see me go like this, cause he was talking, he knows my show was on, but he's 24, but with no uh, disrespect, he's like at that precocious age of a five to a seven year old. So, you know, I don't know if he's ever going to progress past that, but he's brilliant in some areas. But my whole point is, you know, trying to, I'll never know what it feels like because I'm not experiencing it myself. But with the knowledge of the brain that I have, for example, to teach him his phone number, it didn't matter what we did. And it hit me probably with spirit back then. And I didn't realize it was like, then we teach him a different way. We use a different part of the brain. So I'm a terrible singer, but we made up a song for the phone number. And by singing it, you know, different he, he memorized it he still knows it to this day his old phone number and he'll still sing it but the thing is it uses different parts of the brain yes. and the reason I mentioned that is is because with meditation I think the further and deeper that we go with meditation I I think that that anything is limitless I don't know what's your thought because of the gifts we can unlock. I, that's part of my message is we have so many gifts and we are so powerful. And I don't say that from an ego sense, but the things that we've been told are never been pot are never possible are possible. I believe we did it centuries ago and we just need to unlock the key. What's your thoughts on that? You know, I think you're absolutely right. And it's interesting what you say about using different parts of the brain. Mm -hmm. Because um, I remember reading some research about um, different states of being. So some mm -hmm. people that perform well under the influence of alcohol, yeah. drugs that um, most people wouldn't, would that would be a hindrance. But some people, they actually perform well because mm -hmm. they've learned to, to operate through that state of consciousness. Mm -hmm. I can't vouch for how that is for myself. But, um, Me either. No. <laughs> These people I know probably or have met in my lifetime that, yes, I would agree with that. <laughs> but, yes, it's, it's very interesting about using different parts of the brain because we're only using, you know, a tenth of mm -hmm. our normal waking consciousness. We're only using a tenth of the possibility of what the brain can do. Mm -hmm. And 
I'd be interested in hearing your thoughts on meditation, but most people describe, and science has uh, proven this to be, you know, by using probes on the, fe- the head, mm-hmm. the, the brain of a, a a person that's deeply meditating, meditating in the states of like delta, theta. really mm-hmm. deeply in meditation, the whole brain's lit up, mm-hmm. it's like a light bulb. There's, mm-hmm. you know, whereas in normal waking consciousness, we've got flashes here, there, you know, we've got mm-hmm. some areas of the brain that are more lit up than others. But in actual fact, we use we use the whole brain for. Um, doing activities it's just that some areas are more lit up than others but we but as someone that's a stroke victim mm-hmm. they have to learn to reuse the brain in a different way they have to mm-hmm. learn to speak using a different part of the brain mm-hmm. the, the brain is the most amazing facility you know it, it's it been, is it's it, neuroplasticity teaches us that it, the brain is malleable, it's changeable, it grows new no- neurons every day. Mm-hmm. You know, there was this idea in the past that as p- someone beco- became older, that somehow their brain closed down and they were able to do less. But in actual fact, we do produce more neurons. We just have to give it the opportunity to be stimulated in order to, or use our willpower. Your mm-hmm. willpower can make, make changes. I, everything you have said, I agree with 100%. And you're right. It's not just children who can grow neural pathways, you know, new neural pathways. We all can. Or, you know, that's part of, I, I, I don't mention it often in the show, but I'm also a medical intuitive. And I and coming from a big pharma background, not that I subscribe to it. I always look for something natural or you know, not full of a lot of chemicals, if possible. I mean, if it was life-threatening and you had to go to the emergency, obviously. But my whole point in saying that is, I truly believe that the human body is capable of healing no matter what it is, but because of either belief system, trauma, um, and I'm talking mental, physical, spiritual, um, or what have you that we end up storing these pockets of energy and they become dis-ease. And for example, I have a cavity medication I have to take. It, it causes cavities. Now, the first thing we would do is go to the dentist. Well, being on a pension now and living in Canada, well, the prices are up all over the place. But anyways, it's an expense right now that I can't incur. So, I did some research, there are people that can heal cavities, and I can tell you what I'm working on and what I'm working with, it is indeed healing it. Now they tell you that's not possible. I have seen medical miracles that the others, it defies explanation. It's because of will, like you said, or belief system or what have you. I think we are so incredible as human beings but because we've been led to believe that it's not possible since infancy, that it becomes ingrained. It's almost like you have to unwind it once you start to awaken, if you will. What's your thoughts on that? Well, it's actually quite interesting that you're talking about the teeth because 
I remember uh, I, I watched or uh, some research on um, say when a root canal treatment's put in, mm-hmm. in invariably within a few years the ho- I mean that kill is supposed to kill off the nerve and the tooth. Yeah. But within a few years, that the root canal treatment will only last up to about ten years, mm-hmm. and then the tooth needs to be removed. And they were saying, "Well, why is this? Because it's actually it should be, it, but you've killed the tooth really mm-hmm. by taking out that nerve, and it's not by taking out the nerve itself. It's because there's a uh, there's all these little channels that run through." Yeah. Were you reading about that as well? No, no, but I know there is all these little channels. I'm all these little channels that, that because you've done a root canal, you've blocked all those little channels from um, bringing health-given, you know, prop- properties. I, I'm not a scientist and I don't remember the details, but I thought, oh, my goodness. We're all not scientists here, so you're explaining it beautifully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I thought, oh, wow, that really means that you could heal your tooth. Mm-hmm. I remember yeah. I was stuck once, and this is not so much as healing my tooth. I had an abscess, and I was away on holiday, so I had no access to a dentist. And I thought, well, I have to do something about this. God wouldn't have put us here without giving us some facility to cope or, you know, something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it came to me intuitively that all I needed to do was to come in through the back of my head, through my, use my energy hand, my astral hand, mm-hmm. come in through the back of the head, and I'm squeezing the pituitary through the back of the head. Wow. The pituitary is the master gland that releases all the the, the painkilling, you know, the, the endorphins. Endorphins, yes. Yeah, but it releases painkiller. So I thought I'll squeeze it. And then if the if the pain was on the left, then I'm releasing I'm releasing my fingers to the left to the, to mm-hmm. to see whether to channel the, it. Mm-hmm. Channel it where it goes left or right. I tell you it is like two squeezes of mental squeezes of the pituitary gland. I love and the pain it. Gone gone and this was this was an abscess that any pain cold or pressure mm-hmm. I was through the roof you know gone no pain whatsoever I'm going to remember that because um what happened with me and I have had an abscess I had beautiful teeth until I hurt my back no more dental coverage and then the medication I'm on and um I was seeing this fantastic doctor. I don't have her anymore, but she's phenomenal. She's from Pakistan. And her husband, I forget how we, we used to have the most interesting conversations, her and I. <laughs> I always ended up out. I didn't mean to hold her up, but we'd end up talking about phenom- many of the things we're talking about right now. And her husband was just a little tiny slip of a man, had, I think, his doctorate in homeopathy and all these other natural healing channels, but because he couldn't read and write English properly, what a shame he he wasn't able to work in the field while here. And she had said he'd also had three heart attacks and she's an internal medicine specialist. And she said he had an abscess that was like the size of a small melon, if you will. And they wanted to put him on the operating table and drain it immediately. And she said, absolutely not. Like, I don't know if he would wake up. So, I, and again, this came in handy and I remembered it. She mentioned that what she used, he, 
he knew what to use. They used apple cider vinegar. Now I'm not diagnosing anybody. I'm not giving out medical advice. I'm just sharing something for our listeners. <laughs> so um, she said he used apple cider vinegar with the mother in it for mouthwash five times a day, put a bit of warm water. She said the next day came from this size down to a golf ball and the next day it was gone and it works. <laughs> That's I've tried it. <laughs> So there you go. Well, do you know, we all need to have these little kernels of um, yes. store-covered medicines that we can store away in our brain just in mm -hmm. case we need something. I mean, you could be stranded, you know, like I was, yeah. away in the wilds and unable to get to a doctor, and you've got something that you can apply in that mm -hmm. moment, you know, just to help yourself. Mm -hmm. I, I believe firmly in that um, homeopathic uh, absolutely but also that um and uh, very close to where you you are at any time there's going to be a plant that you can apply that's going to be the very thing that you need right? mm -hmm. so having a having a store cupboard knowledge of just a few things yeah you know, like you've got a first aid kit that's going to have you know sticking plaster as a um i was going to say a banana i mean a bandage yeah yeah <laughs> some um, antiseptic cream blah 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 mm -hmm. you know but but to have a few um things that you know that are going to work for instance dandelion oh i was just talking about this with my partner del he has a show on thursday nights here you may hear from him he's probably going to want to have you on his show the delicious recipe because <laughs> uh, gavin shares with us but go ahead with the dandelion because we were just talking about this the other day him and i it's actually got so many properties, yes. you know, but you have to look at the, the, the properties that the plant has that it, that it displays because that gives you an indicator on what it's going to do for you. So, mm -hmm. for instance, for the dandelion, it's going to come up through a, a wee crack in the pavement in the sidewalk. You're going to get um, da dandelions appear everywhere. Yes. absolutely everywhere they're pernicious mm -hmm. right? there's no stopping them and the roots go way 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 down mm -hmm. so that gives you an idea that it's actually a powerful plant mm -hmm. you know and the fact that they're everywhere i mean literally everywhere mm -hmm. that, that means that you can you can possibly pick one up although you have to be careful when you pick them up that you're not where dog walkers are and not where <laughs> perfumes are you know Sort of thing, but, I hear yeah, the, the leaves, the aerial parts can be used for uh, like uh, bladder infections and that sort of thing. It's very good for cleansing the body. It's got loads of other properties. I was hearing uh, that it was anti-carcinogenic, but I oh. don't know that. I don't know all the ins and outs. I just have a rudimentary knowledge, but I have some three tomes that I go to. I've got my, this is my herbal medicines um, a library, mm -hmm. and there between one of them, I'm going to get what I need. The Ross Tratner book, which is uh, it's a very old book, I think. <clears throat> Ross Tratner. Tratner. I'm gonna have to write this down. Yeah. Um, I'm writing it down. It's very, it's very, very. Maybe I'll get you to send me the names if you wouldn't mind, and then I'll post them on the show for people. How's that? Yes. Does that work? Okay, good. That sounds good. 
Okay, so yeah. Ross, and then what's the other two? I, I don't know off the top of my... Oh, yeah, oh. One, I, one I do know, it's the Neil's Yard Herbal Book. Okay. So this is a kind of commercial tome. Okay. Like, big, thick that. book. Um, and it's got plants from all over the world. <clears throat> but, um, I mean, Neil's Yard will be able to order you, or mm -hmm. you can order in plants. I've got a herbal medicine... Uh, like a firm that's in Glasgow, it's the Woodlands Herbs, and I just oh. go them up and I say, um, "Can I have this?" Because I've looked up my my medicine books, <laughs> and I yep. and I say, "Can I have this?" And it's in the post, and it, it arrives the next day. It's nice. Fantastic. Yeah, we don't quite have that luxury where I live in Canada. I well, the listeners have heard before, but I live smack dab right in the middle of Canada. I'm about 35 minutes away from Minnesota border in the U.S. And if you've heard of Minneapolis, Minnesota, I'm about six hours north. And the city I live in is called Thunder Bay. So it's right on the biggest great of, of the Great Lakes, Lake Superior. But it's almost equal distance to the West Coast, to the East Coast. to where. So anybody that travels from one side of Canada to the other, has to come through my city, or if they want to go down to Southern Ontario or the US through here, there, they would make a stop. So, but my point is, we don't have a particularly long growing season. We do have long winters. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, but I'm, I'm talking about dried plants. I knew you probably you know, were. It, it, they're not growing them, they're, mm -hmm. they're merely supplying them. I hear you. Mm -hmm. but no, but I meant to get them. They're a little bit yeah. more difficult where we are, yes. you know, that you wouldn't get them next day. Could you get them? Yes. And it never hurts to have that knowledge because you are, you work in healing as well, don't you? Yes. I, I thought sound, so. I do sound healing with tuning forks. Oh. Well, you're going to have to come back and talk about that because I have some tuning forks and I'm just getting into that. This is my new book I showed last week. And it's not quite the one I wanted. One of my close friends in Atlanta. Hi, Leanne. Um, she, it's called Dowsing and Self-Healing. And it's the book. But I couldn't get the full book. So what it ended up coming was just the techniques, which is kind of nice because it just tells you different healing techniques. It's written by Henry Dowser. I haven't been able to go through the whole thing yet. Now, the book I use a lot. I love it. I all the time I use it. It's called The Secret Language of Your Body by Ina Segal. And it gets into how to activate your higher self, colors to work with, emotions to clear, both positive and negative. And I find it very, very effective. So I work with that quite a bit. But I'm getting into sound healing. So hope we got to talk about your book. I could talk to you all day here. <laughs> <laughs> We're supposed to talk about this new book. Let's, what else do you want to tell me about your book? Like, so could a beginner use this, for example, listening? That's never, or why should someone meditate? Let's start there because a lot of people think, well, that's just for people that are hippy dippy, you know, and, and no disrespect to yoga. Yoga is amazing, but for people that have never heard of these modalities before, why would they do it? And could a beginner util start utilizing your book? Well, meditation is, I mean, it's, most people do meditate yes. at some point or other, but they maybe don't know that they're meditating. You know, when you allow yourself to come into calm, um, I used to meditate as a child, I think, when I, I used to stare out of the big Victorian windows in the school, mm -hmm. stare into the blue sky. 
that I'd just I'd become all peace and calm and then I'd come back into it's like oh right I'm back now <laughs> back to real life <laughs> but I, I just kind of zone out for a little bit on on some other state of being but or become absorbed in something you know you've got a power of concentration other people they really enjoy going for a walk and become into a meditative state walking and I, I don't really mean that they're glued to their phone at the same time I prefer when I'm not um, I'm not listening to anything it's a mm -hmm. state of quietness so there is a silence that goes with it but anyway yes it, the book um, deals with why you should meditate because yeah. it brings you into a state of calm that's the, one of the first kind of health benefits that you get is that a calm body means a healthier body a calm mind means a healthier thought processes healthier state of uh, balance of mind okay so yes i think meditating is a way in which you get immediate benefits of body and mind but the main goal of doing it is to tap into the deeper states of being to really find out who you are. Mm -hmm. Not the body, not the mind, not the breath, not the feelings, not the personality that you've come here and that you kind of embody. But you're none of those things. To find out who you are behind it all. But in my books, I, I don't like flowery language. I like to keep things really simple. Mm -hmm. it's like straight to the point on things you know, so that people can really get to grips with it I try and keep it as simple as possible so that it's suitable for folk that don't really know anything about meditation and also those that maybe have been doing yoga or even um, some some meditation techniques for a while there are, there's something for everyone in the book I, I love it because I talk about meditation quite a bit and I use the analogies. Well, it's not an analogy. I believe it to be true. I mean, it's not just people in our fields that use meditation. CEOs of companies use it. Um, professional athletes use it. Uh, I was just watching, I've watched quite a few podcasts. Like I said, if I'm not in that quiet middle of the night state doing some meditation while I'm uh, working, but uh, it was, I've studied near death experiences for about 40 years and it just happened to come up on my YouTube feed and I thought, well, this looks interesting. And I was listening and I loved what she said at the end about, you know, some of the messages that she returned from home, as she called it, as I do going back home um, or across the veil, whatever people want to call it. And part of the advice that it was suggested if she was open to sharing was it is so powerfully necessary every single day to have a period where you quiet the mind because you're right that's where you get these answers that's you know yeah. pe people come to me asking just really quickly like i say um what's my life purpose I'm, I'm stuck these are the kind of things where you can really get some clarity and answers would you agree Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, once you've quietened the mind, then you move from a state of busy mind into a state of intuition. This is a state of just knowing so that if you want to have a question to your inner self, 
then you mm-hmm. just formulate the question and instantly the reply comes back and mm-hmm. you just know. Yeah, you know, I and I know it's different for everybody, but I realize I've been hearing spirit my whole life. Do I hear voices? No, it's my own voice, but it's said a little differently. It's said always positively, always with love, sometimes a little firmly, more firmly if I need to hear it. I always joke and say I have one naggy spirit guy that just will repeat it over and over and over and over and over. It's like, yes, I heard you. <laughs> so, you know, the, you get, you like you said, the, the knowing that you, you know that this was the answer to your question. Maybe something seemed impossible. You didn't know where you were going to get the answer from. And I always say, you know, where people will say, I got that stroke of genius or what it is. Well, in meditation, I believe that's sort of what you're talking about. You get that stroke of genius, the answer, and you know it's the answer, right? Yeah, you just know. Uh, And it can be really simple. You know, the that's when you know you've got your soul self that's giving you the message because it makes it so I simple. like that. Soul and suddenly self. you mm-hmm. are just like, all right, okay, I can do that. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's an element of doubt that creeps in, that's the ego self yes. trying to reassert itself. But that initial, oh, well, that's it, I can do that. That's, that's a route that I can take. Mm-hmm. That's something that I can do. And you just know it. Do you cover um, things like meditating with crystals and things too? Because I know myself included, I've had some wildly incredible experiences, not in a negative way, powerfully positive with the addition of crystals, for example. Not really, because Mm -hmm. I mean, I've had lots, I've had a great interest in crystals. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember, um, I bought a Lemurian crystal, you know, it's like striations oh, yeah. up the side. And I spent yeah. ages meditating. It's, it's about six inches long. It's, 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 it's an incredible thing with mm-hmm. um, markings. I, I think the I side. have here. While we're talking, I think I have one. I have crystals everywhere around here. <laughs> Go ahead, carry, carry I on. I spent ages meditating with this mm-hmm. thing and it just wouldn't open up for me. It's, me- Maybe it wasn't the right one. I think this one's a Lemurian. Yeah. It's got the striations. This is a, I think it's fairy aura. Or, no, this is the angel uh, on aura. On the side, angel. it's not the striations on the inside. It's striations on the outside, like a barcode on the outside. See, no, I've always been told it was on the inside. So isn't that interesting? Yeah. It was um, Canadian Jade and Jewel. You know, heard of Jade and Jewel? I don't think it's I him have. That talk, he does courses on Lemurian crystals and he okay. says barcodes on the outside. And I, went, and I bought it in the crystal shop as barcodes on the outside. But anyway, the thing, I love it. The thing is it. that at one time I couldn't go, I couldn't work with crystals. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't go near Too sensitive? Yes, because they mm-hmm. sang. They were too, too much energy. And now, um, and now they seem like stones they just they don't they don't have they don't sing they don't talk they don't you know it's like uh, it's like I'm, I'm in a different space they don't i hear you they don't resonate but i tried to work with crystals but it's obviously not my thing and that's okay because like i say to people even with the gifts that we have as human beings on this planet, some people might be a natural born athlete, some people with numbers, some people natural born leaders or painters or what have you. We all have different gifts. And I believe that that goes along 
when it comes to the spiritual or esoteric side as well. Yes. I really believe that. It just uh, wasn't my thing. Maybe in a past life I did, but not in this one. <laughs> these two, actually, they're not real Vogel crystals. I actually have a friend that worked with Marcel Vogel, and he worked for, have you heard of Marcel Vogel? No. Okay, he worked with IBM. He was responsible, you know, that shiny mirror type finish that was on CD-ROMs for those of us that are older than know what CD-ROMs are yes. <laughs> and DVDs. Well, when he retired, he had absolutely zero interest in crystals, but he was looking for a project to get into. And I forget what the reasoning is. I'll have to ask Dan again. But anyways, he um, realized how powerful quartz crystals were because they're used in old time watches, especially like to help power the, the battery and what have you. So he started experimenting with cutting various angles into the crystals and a true Vogel crystal. Like I said, my friend Dan Willis used to work with Marcel. He's no longer alive. He Now this is last time I had Dan on, it was about a year ago. There's only one person in the world that knows how to cut a true Vogel crystal and you would pay for it probably tens of thousands of dollars. But my whole point is this is a, just a tiny one, but it's got, sorry, it's got all these straight, like angles cut into it. Yes. When I use this, it actually gets hot and starts to vibrate. Um, same as this one. This is a Super 7 where I live, it's well known or a melody stone. And it actually has a red, red pieces in it that'll just go fiery hot. But again, that's my thing, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas, like you said, you do sound healing or this incredible book about meditations. And that's the beautiful thing I think about, if you will, being in earth school right now living here is we find the people I think we're meant to work with. And, you know, what you do might complement something I did or what someone else does. I don't know. What's your thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, there's so many different modalities we could get into. Um, mm -hmm. Sound just makes sense to me. You know, I love it. I, I feel the difference when I uh, when I use the tuning forks. They just uh, they can clear mental clutter straight away. Mm -hmm. you know, uh, if you were going to buy one tuning fork, it would be the Ohm tuner. I have one. I don't, I haven't even learned what it, it's a, oh, just over here. I'm not sure. I've got like I just... say, I found it and picked it up because I knew that in one of these days I was going to come in to meet either somebody or work with a tuning fork. I had, it came with a CD-ROM and all kinds of stuff. It's in one of my boxes over there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're amazing. They, they really just, I mean, the CD, the, sorry, the OM tuner can be used to balance both hemispheres of the brain. So you're listening on either side. Mm -hmm. and really, it brings the whole head into balance. It can clear static out of the body. There's a whole series of things that just one tuning fork can do. So it would be a good precursor then if you had to, if you couldn't say get outside to move uh, the static in the body to get ready for meditation or what have you. Yes. yes, you could. You could. You could use it around the body. Yes. Wow. Wow. I'm going to have to have you come on there. Well, I'll probably have you back on anyway. So usually most people <laughs> I have on here, I either get to know them well or, or, you know, they keep coming back or what have you. I'm just uh, want to look like, um, I think we've covered a lot of this, but, um, 
Oh, this is a good question. And I don't always look at the questions, but um, it says, do you think that a personal meditation on peace can impact the um, the entire world when it comes to, say, world peace? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think that, well, yes, there's, there's people that are doing amazing work out there in the world, you know, but I don't feel that that's the role for everybody. And I think that we need to, as individuals, to meditate in order to do the greatest service that we can to the planet and to all the beings that are on this planet. That I'm not just referring to humans here. You know, there's the animal and plant life and mm -hmm. a myriad of uh, unseen beings. But Absolutely. But to do the best that we can for mm -hmm. the planet. So your meditation then not, doesn't, it's not a, um, an, an act that's just going to benefit yourself. It's to benefit everybody. So you're meditating to drop into, you have to experience that peace within yourself and then amplify it. Mm -hmm. So some people think of peace as like the, the, the negative, the, the opposite war. War is one thing and peace is another. But I don't believe in that. I think that that peace is a positive state of being in its own right and that peace already exists in some realm peace already exists you know i was talking about within your own uh, the, the microcosm of your own being that that state of peace already exists so out in the macrocosm peace already exists you merely have to and merely it doesn't mean to belittle it in some way because actually you know it's it there's there's work here that's involved in this but is to drop into the peace within amplify it and send that that piece of the macrocosm out through your small vessel. But I I believe that, like I always say, we have to focus on what we want to see, not what we don't, because especially I believe collectively around the globe, there's been such a feeling of negativity, division, anger, depression, sadness, and fear. And, you know, every now and then, you you, you know, I, again, with talking to quite a few people out there around the world, you'll get somebody that have a news item and they'll share it. And whether it comes from an independent news source or, or the legacy media, it generates a first feeling of fear. So it's one of the things, and I always say, I have to walk the walk of the talk of the talk that I do, because if I'm going to say to you, we have to focus on what we want to see, not what we don't. Because I think Again, getting back to the mind, and I think that meditation can help us really start to focus our mind, is that we can pretty well manifest anything we set we, our we minds can, to. And therein, you're, you've hit the nail in the head, therein lies the danger on an untrained meditating mind, right? On mm -hmm. a, a mind that doesn't meditate is that you're perpetually, you know, like that... Um, uh, fable of you know the the ever turn turning how did the sea turn to salt it was this salt um grinder that constantly it was magically churning out salt all the time well we're we are unwittingly turning out all these manifestations manifestations and if your thoughts are negative then you are at, you are adding to that mass consciousness of negativity unwittingly 
I think that that's important because, you know, there's so many people. Now, lately, I've heard a few people say words matter, but I always say our thoughts, our emotions, and our words are some of the most powerful forms of energy, right? So I, I think you really hit the nail on the head here that, again, you get into mindfulness here, but really being mindful of what your thoughts and emotions and words are, like you said. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. But on an untrained mind, one for someone that doesn't have med meditate, it's very hard to uh, have, as you said, it's like a mindful state of watching what your thoughts are doing at any time so that they don't veer into the negative. The, the thing about yogic meditation as a, a discipline is that it uh, cleanses the consciousness of the states of negative uh, karma, the samskaras, the issues that, we've, that, that we carry from lifetime to lifetime, the, of the karma that we've incurred gets cleansed so that we are no longer unwittingly dropping into negative frames of mind. These, these become easier and easier to uh, veer away from. So and you said, why meditate? If I come back to your earlier question. I'll, you, I'll highlight this when we get to the Dave's yeah. comment. So if you're wanting to do a service for the planet, and if you're wanting to have spiritual growth then I think meditation is the way always say that yes always always including and and I remember when I was like this first learning too and I and, and when I say first learning um everybody out there no I'm not the be all knowing I will be learning to the day I leave this earth uh I wouldn't even call myself an expert I, I always jokingly say if somebody tells you they're 100 percent correct or the expert of the experts and you have a lot of experience but as human <laughs> beings I believe we have the potential to not always be right and um I'll be learning till the day I die I, I will so but when I first started you know you get the same questions all the time as a mentor. How do I open my third eye? And what's the name of my guides? And, you know, we're really enthusiastic. And I find that, and again, it could be wrong, but Spirit's always shown me the more we try to force it, the more difficult it becomes. We need to let it flow like water. And I call meditation our workspace. I really, truly believe it is. Yes, it can be used for lots of purposes. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of um, kind of new agey meditations are, um, they're, as you said, they're a workspace, you know, you're, you're trying to cleanse some aspect of yourself. But yogic meditation also non-specifically, i.e. you're not thinking about that which you're clearing it, clearing. You're merely just allowing the process, allowing the breath, allowing the focus to, um, to clear. Because you can feel your consciousness changing. You can feel it elevating from the normal mm -hmm. uh, 3D consciousness. You can feel it elevating into those higher states of consciousness as you meditate. Mm -hmm. that sh the shifts of awareness become second place. You know, sorry, I mean, commonplace is what I want to say. 
No, but when I say workspace, yes, when I'm mentoring somebody that's hoping, because I also believe every single person on this planet, should they have the desire to do so, like you just as inner peace is our natural almost way of being, if you will, we also have intuitive gifts. We have things like this, and they're for whatever reason or experience, you know, somebody, whether it's even just a calling, chooses to pursue that avenue. But again, we go back to everyday life because I don't want people to think that this is just for the new agey type stuff because it's not, again, like I said, bringing in um, a problem, bringing in, you want to, I'm writing three books. I've got the outlines and I know if I sat down in meditation and work with spirit, they're going to give me some ideas and thoughts and all kinds of things I hadn't thought about. It's a practical daily something for my everyday life or maybe you want to build the house of your dreams or or you know you need a new job a lot of people are switching professions right now with with the state of the world and you don't have a place any idea of place to start quiet the mind bring it in there ask for some if you don't believe even if you have guides or angels or what we all have a higher self if you will your subconscious whatever you want to call it and it's just so surprising the answers you will get that you haven't thought about and again i keep using the word muggle mind but muggle or the word muggle but it is right the ones we all think that our brain is the mastermind that runs everything and it's really not it's our subconscious that's on all the time right Yes, it's the, mm-hmm. it's it's the consciousness that's running everything. Mm-hmm. You know that that part of ourselves that is um, universal. It's it's not harmed in any way by anything that happens in in earthly experiences. You know, if the body's harmed, our soul consciousness isn't harmed. We just transfer to from you know from this body into the kind of uh, astral world mm-hmm. and then if we have issues that we need to work out we come back in another body to mm-hmm. work those out so it's a continual process but our soul consciousness is unharmed mm-hmm. by any of the, the, the experiences that we have yeah it was a really interesting concept that I had this gentleman on a few weeks ago we had pre-recorded and he called earth a school which I believe it is but there was somebody we were talking about I had recently it was either a video or I'd read something and they were talking about I believe they had a near-death experience and as they were back home in heaven across the veil whatever people would like to call that he said, it all seems so simple looking back. It was like it was all a play. He said, you could see all the actors. And if you will, it was my play because it was my life. Everybody had their own plays going on. Yes. He said, you could see the act, other actors for the next scenes waiting in the wings. And he said, it was that simple looking from that perspective. So, you know, if you think about it, I guess where I'm going with this is the 3D self versus who we really are. When you said about, you know, this, I forget how you put it, soul. You said soul. Soul consciousness. Yes, thank you, soul consciousness. And that's, again, I think 3D, our 3D self is who we are in humanity, but not really who we are in soul consciousness at 5D or higher, right? Yeah, or higher, absolutely mm-hmm. higher than 5D. <laughs> 
So do you, so I believe this, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Do you think then that it would be easier to get in better connection, if you will, or hear more clearly with daily meditation about our soul, who we are, who we really are, the soul, the soul, if you will. Yeah, daily meditation makes a big difference because um, if you're only meditating sporadically, you're maybe, you're fighting against, you know, the, the ego's interruptions, the, the fact that you need to move the body because it feels itchy, it feels restless, blah, 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 or that the mind is all over the place. But the more you meditate, the more calmness there, there is. You know, you can, as you said at the beginning, you could drop more quickly into yeah. that state mm -hmm. of calmness, and then you can build from that platform into a stronger, deeper state of of meditation. So, persistence is absolutely paramount. You're you're not making any spiritual progress if you allow yourself to have a, an elevated state of consciousness as best as you can, and then you don't meditate for ages. You don't meditate for weeks or months mm -hmm. because you've somehow you've become immersed back again in the third dimensional reality or unreality. <laughs> um, but medita the matrix. meditation, <laughs> yeah, meditation helps you to remember mm -hmm. that this is just a it's a dream. It's a, it's it is a play, and that you are the starring role in your own drama, just as everybody else is the starring role in their drama, mm -hmm. and that. That the, and that all the characters, all the scenarios are carefully attracted to you to mm -hmm. choose some aspects of yourself, to either give you opportunities to be uh, benevolent and kind or to teach you some aspect of yourself that is still lingering, some karmic samskara issue that you're still holding on to and to give you an opportunity to express that positive positively you know from a soul perspective and not to react from the ego perspective so it was interesting the other day um i found myself coming up it surprised me actually because it was coming up and it, it was a it was that he was speaking to me oh that's that is quite interesting in itself it's like oh i've got a reaction here and part of me wanted to be adamant and to uh, to fight my corner, as it were. Yeah. And then I realised that actual part that this person wants a fight, so I'm not going to give that. Uh, this is a verbal tussle we're talking about, mm -hmm. and um, on a on a point that was irrelevant. It wasn't some great big searching question. It was merely some mundanity of life, and. Um, I decided that I wouldn't fit. I wasn't going to give that fight. I wasn't going to waste my energies, you know, my focus and, mm -hmm. and destroy my inner calm mm -hmm. by having that tussle. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, actually, I can allow them to have their opinion and allow them to have the last word. It doesn't. It, it doesn't ruffle my calm. Mm -hmm. I love that you said that because I truly believe that anything can be contagious so if somebody's anger angry and you match that anger right 
a lot of times you can it can be contagious they talk about the boss has a bad bad home life comes to work and and dumps it on his employee who brings it home it's kind of the same thing so it working is. backwards with that state of calm right we could radiate that out in situations like this depending on the person's intention so if they really were looking for a fight they're probably going to be pretty po'd that you aren't the one that's going to fill their cup if you will because yeah i mean it's, it's happened on a few occasions i remember i was doing some holistic event and i had um some person stepped forward who uh, I thought was making some serious point and she wanted a serious discussion but she didn't really she just wanted to fight she wanted to argue the toss mm -hmm. <laughs> and when I realized that all she wanted was the fight um I just stood back and I've placed I've just put, placed my hands in front of myself just one hand in front of the other just wait I just let her speak Mm -hmm. So tirade was about five minutes. <laughs> I just stood there within my own bubble of calm and just yeah. allowed her to allowed her to vent. Mm -hmm. And I just said, "Well, we'll just agree to disagree. Yeah, you you have your opinions. That's that they're yours, and I respect that." That what a beautiful way to handle. Oh, go ahead. I found um. Well, we have choice in any moment as to whether to react or to choose to act wisely. Mm -hmm. And the universe is a come back to your or orchestrating um, characters <clears throat> to come in from the wings to teach you that ne next lesson, mm -hmm. to give you an opportunity to say, well, the universe is saying, well, have you learned this? Let's see if you have. And, yeah. and some innocent body is brought forward to to give you that opportunity to learn mm -hmm. prove that you've learned it i agree or you know say somebody always saying before they they incarnate into this lifetime they've decided that maybe one of the lessons for their soul is to learn patience and I believe this came from another one of my mentors and they were, I, I believe they're right is, well, believe me, more than likely, you're not going to end up in some Zen Buddhist monk uh, monastery to learn patience. You're probably going to get a lot of people pushing your buttons and what have you to, to challenge you, to challenge you to find ways to maintain your patience or like i just love what you said there you had a lot of lot of wisdom and that's what you shared there about the person wanting to to just fight and vent and like you said you didn't choose to waste your energy and the beautiful words that you shared with them at the end of it they really couldn't fight with it because you weren't telling them they were right or wrong just basically no, I, mean, everyone's, I mean everyone has their, their um their opinion based on their perspective mm -hmm. and that is their perspective of of <clears throat> of life experiences but also where they are in their spiritual development and i think that we have to choose that which we resist wisely because mm -hmm. i'll come back to the statement i used at the beginning that which we resist Mm -hmm. So if you're wanting to have the same, uh, the universe presenting with the, the same things, 
you know, the universe will just keep presenting and presenting. Until you learn it. <laughs> I remember I used to have the have the lesson presented three times. I would go, oh, right, I see what you're trying to do. Now mm -hmm. I'll change. And then I, I decided to uh, to short circuit that and say, right, okay, the universe presents this one time and I learn it. Okay. So I'm not... <laughs> <laughs> not hanging about and it presents one time uh, i'll learn that lesson and move on <laughs> well my lesson for me is if something shows up in my field more than three times in a short period of time that's a message to me to pay attention to that there's something yeah. in it whether information somebody i need to meet something i need to learn whatever <laughs> Yeah, like that person that drops into your mind out of the blue that you haven't thought about for years, mm -hmm. then they turn up. Oh. <laughs> no, I mean, they, they, they turn up, you know, you get a call from them or you meet mm -hmm. them in the street or, you know, you hadn't thought about them for years. I want to apologize. I forgot, speaking of crystals, take my crystal off. If you were hearing that, it was probably hitting my microphone, and I apologize. I usually remember to take it off. So <laughs> if you're listening on the replay and you're hearing this scratchy, scratchy, that's my fault. You can blame it. His name is Justice. My, I have no idea why, but Justice, my Super 7, likes to be present. <laughs> <laughs> and it just coincides with my microphone here. I wanted to read some of Dave's comments here. Thanks for being here and everybody else that's here. We don't always see them in the comments, but um, we appreciate those of you that are listening live and participating from all around the world. I want to remind people too, before I read uh, Dave's comments, that uh, say you've missed this live or you want to share this with somebody, we are carried wherever podcasts or talk radio is carried. So iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Spotify, SoundCloud, Podbean, YouTube, you name it. You can, I believe there's well over 200 different apps and websites where our archives are carried. So you can always find these show replays. Um, so Dave says, I agree, Jenny, we have to, oh, that sorry, we read that already. He was talking about the magic eye he mentioned. I think it had to do with energy in the body. And then he said, I highly recommend uh, Cure Tooth Decay by, sorry, I've got to put my glasses on. One thing about getting older. <laughs> uh, sorry, uh, by Ramiel or Ramiel Nagel, N-A-G-E-L. I have to keep that in mind. And then he said, great explanation, Jenny. It does impact the world. We can make all make a difference. And I agree, we can. And he's just talking when I said that, you know, rather than trying to force something, especially when it comes to spiritual development, that spirit had shared, you need to let it just flow. Just let it be. Just let it happen. Kind of like our natural way of inner peace. Like you said, it's always there. This is just, if you will, from our conversation, it seems like it's a tools and a roadmap about how to get there with your book. <laughs> yes, I think so. Um, very much tool-based workbook. Mm -hmm. I like that. So speaking of that, where can they get a hold of you, Jenny? Because like you said, you do healing work. You're an inspirational teacher. I think I saw artists. Did I see artists on your bio as well? Yes, uh, I do. Uh, paintings. Oh, I love it. I don't know if you can see this one. Oh my 
goodness, that's beautiful. Uh, it was part of Well, the book's on Amazon, so it's Awakening the Lotus of Peace on Amazon by Jenny Light. So you can, anybody can buy it there. Um, it's all also in good uh, bookstores, but um, definitely on Amazon. Okay. Um, and you can get me at living-lightly.co.uk. So that's living-lightly.co.uk. UK. So okay. you just Google Jenny Light Yoga, um, then you'll get me. <laughs> well, I, I actually have your website on the banner too. We always put that at the bottom if somebody has one. Or if you're listening, you can feel free to get a hold of me or message me or Jenny. Jenny's pretty easy to find on Facebook. I found her. <laughs> or anywhere yeah. else. You're on, I know you're on other social media as well, right? Yes, mm-hmm. I am. On, I'm on most things. I'm on uh, Facebook. I am Jenny Light on Facebook. On um, I'm Jenny LGHT on Instagram, and I'm also Jenny Light on um, LinkedIn. Oh, good. I haven't found you on there yet. I have to find you. Well, I want to thank you for being here. You're absolutely delightful. I have to say Gavin has never, ever, ever sent me. Um, I, I just know now if he sends me a guest, I say yes, 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 because everybody has sent me. All have written phenomenal books, delightful personalities, and you definitely fall in that <laughs> in that category. Yeah, I when think I, you've only scratched the tip of the iceberg. Uh, I know we have. <laughs> So I want to thank everybody for being here, um, whether you're listening on the replay or you've listened live. And I will be back same time, same space next week, 5 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Um, Eastern. I forget who my guest is. I'm sorry, guys. I meant to check. But if you ever want to get a hold of me, you can get a hold of me on Facebook under facebook.com forward slash the angel rock. Say you've got a show idea, a question, uh, maybe a guest you'd like to see on my show. Or you want to book um, healing sessions or possibly a reading. That's how you get a hold of me. I very quickly have two groups on Facebook too. I have Paranormal University for all things paranormal. And then I have the Angel Rocker tribe for many of the things that you and I, Jenny, have discussed tonight on there. So again, thank you so much. I can't wait to have you back on again. And thank you. 
And thank you to everybody here who is live or listening, like I said, on the replay. So I send you all so much love and light, much gratitude, and good morning, good afternoon, or good, good evening, wherever you may be. Thanks again, Jenny. Thank you.